Welcome to Hello from the Other Side, where we validate how our loved ones on the other side are always with us, ready to help when called on. Here's your host, psychic, medium, and best-selling author of There Is No Death, Only Life, Maria Verdeshi. Hi, this is Maria Verdeshi. I have Lindsay Morlock here today. Lindsay does scientific hand analysis, and she's going to talk about what she does for a living. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Maria. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for being here. No, it's awesome. I'm so excited to talk about this because I feel like a lot of people automatically jump to, whenever they hear hand analysis, they either jump to, oh, you analyze handwriting? No, it's very different. Or they think of that like roadside pomist where you're pulling off the side of the road and being like, tell me how many kids I'm going to have and whatnot. And hand analysis actually isn't predictive. But if you think about any of your listeners who might have taken personality assessments before, like the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs, or DISC assessment, or any of the multitude of assessments out there, what the hand does, the hand is really a blueprint to your soul. It's a roadmap of your soul. And so with hand analysis, we actually decode the fingerprints and the lines in the palm of the hand in order to talk about your reasons for being. And how exactly do you do this? Okay, so let's say someone looks you up on your website, they they want this, they order it. What's the process? Yeah, so when, you know, you've initially, you'll sign up and I'll send everybody an ink kit because I prefer to be able to ink people's hands. And so, yes, it's a little bit dirty, but it comes off everything very easily, I swear. But what you're going to do is you're going to print your hands and everything in the hand means something. So if a part of your finger doesn't print, if part of, you know, a lot, different lines in the palms, the depth of those lines, where they all fall in the hand, every part of the hand relates to some aspect of mythology. And so we really use the positioning of the lines in the hand and the fingerprint in order to get at some of this information. And so when we're doing a full life purpose reading, what we're going to start with is essentially looking at your fingerprints. And there's four primary types of fingerprints. People, you know, will ask me if they can use their TSA, you know, pre-check fingerprints in order to be able to read, you know, so they don't have to print their hands. We can't, we, we don't have government access, so we can't. But that being said, when we're looking at the fingerprints, essentially the fingerprints are giving us three really important pieces of information. They're giving us your life purpose, your life lessons, and your life school. So your life purpose, you know, people often think of their purpose. It's a very Western idea to think about your purpose as what's my career? What's like the one thing that I was put on the planet to do with my life? And most people either have multiple passions, you know, the very few people understand what that one thing is. How many, you know, people even in your, you know, 50s, 60s pushing retirement are like, well, now I'm on to, you know, my fifth career, my sixth career, because our passions and our interests are constantly changing. So when we talk about our purpose, we're not really talking about that one thing that we were put on this planet to do, but rather a way of being each and every single day. And what happens is 
when people are out of alignment with their true life's purpose, they tend to feel really fatigued and exhausted by life. So they feel they're kind of like going through the motions. But if you're in that camp of people that's like, I mean, I'm getting up, I'm taking care of myself every day, and I'm working out and I'm doing my job. And, you know, everybody's busy. But when you're aligned with your true purpose, you're putting effort into things that you're doing, but it feels effortless. And that's how you know when you're truly aligned with the things that you were put on earth to do versus being out of alignment. And so the more we can get people aligned with this way of being that is on purpose for them, the more joyful and fulfilling life tends to feel. When we're out of alignment, that's when we're going to feel that drain and feel less energized and less inspired by life. And so that's what we really mean when we look at the life purpose. When we think about the life lessons, you know, oftentimes people think like, oh, it's these, you know, major obstacles that I'm here to have to jump through. And until I like jump through this ring of fire, I'm never going to, you know, ascend to the other side or, you know, whatever grandiose thoughts we might have about the lessons. But another way to look at the life lessons are really, this is what we've chosen to come into this lifetime to spend our entire lifetime learning about. So this is our life's major. And so, you know, when we talk about the hands, there is nothing good or bad in the hands. People will come into a reading and say, don't tell me anything bad, don't tell me anything bad. But my love of hand analysis is really that this helps people stand in their own power. This helps you to embrace the power of choice in your life because there are upsides and downsides to everything in life. And so nothing is different for the hands. There's an upside to certain elements in the hands and there's a downside to certain elements in the hand. But awareness and having the awareness of the ups and the downs and where they're showing up in your life is bringing all of that subconscious and subconscious thoughts to the surface. And once we make the subconscious conscious, that's how we're able to make really good choices for ourselves that put us on the paths that do feel really fulfilling and really aligning. So when we talk about the life lessons and the power of them, you know, the life lesson is something that it's kind of a way you're hardwired to think, maybe more in the negative. So, you know, one of the life lessons, for example, is all about worthiness and feeling guilty. And so people who have the guilt and self-worth life lesson are kind of hardwired to naturally feel guilty and subsequently attach that guilt to their sense of worthiness in the world. And so the way people with the self-worth issue will try to overcompensate for that lesson is by trying to look for validation externally. So they want the recognition from people, you know, they want people to validate who they are and you did a good job on this, gold star for you on that. They want the trophies or they're looking for people to say, oh, I couldn't have done this without you because that's where they're getting their worth. They're using other people's recognition and validation to let them know that they're worthy. But what this life lesson is really calling for is for you to recognize your own inner light and your own sense of self and worth and really bringing that out to the world regardless of what people think, regardless of the circumstance. And so that's just one small example of a lesson and how that might play out. But when you have the awareness of what's showing up for you and how you're hardwired to think, when that trigger happens to you, you actually then have a choice to do something about it because you know what's happening. 
a lot of people I think in life are we're all walking around wounded in some way right oh true and we all are projecting our wounds onto other people and we're not doing this consciously right it's often very subconscious that we're doing this but when you have the power of what's in your hands and use that truly as a blueprint for self-growth and self-development you heal and you can expand your awareness of these things clearing them and then it changes the interactions and dynamics of not just how you relate to yourself, but also how you relate to the world around you. So have you seen that through this one, because I'm sure that clients will come back to you or they'll stay in touch with you or they'll say, oh my gosh, after this whole thing, listen, I made some adjustments and I really did the work. Have you had validation of their life shifting where things were coming in easier for them, shifting in a way that they were could move forward easier, and where they needed to get, they could get there easier. Yeah, so one example that just comes to mind, it's one of my favorite stories. I actually had a couple reading, and so it was a husband and wife dynamic, and they were in their first year of marriage, and they were having a really hard time because specific to their individual hands, the gentleman had something in his hands that reflected he just needed to connect with his wife constantly and people in general, right? It's not just specific to his wife, but in this instance, he, so she would come home from work and he just wanted to like cuddle and how was your day, honey? And then he wanted to hug and touch and love on her. And, you know, many people would be like, oh, who is this man? Give him to me, right? But this woman, what was in her hands was a real strong sense of independence and a need for personal space, not freedom from relationship, but a sense of space in the relationship. And so when her husband would get home from work early, he had the house to himself. And so by the time she got home, he was ready to connect and just talk and whatnot. And she would run upstairs and lock herself in the bathroom because she just needed like five minutes to herself before she could move on with her evening. And the thing is, is that before we read their hands, they were really, this was a real point of contention in their relationship because they were both taking it personally. She felt completely smothered by his attempts to connect and he felt completely rejected because he felt like she was constantly trying to get away from her. So when we were able to talk about their hands individually and talk about how that then translated into their relationship dynamic, it was a really powerful moment for both of them because they were able to meet each other with this mutual understanding of what they needed as individuals and then also how they could each meet each other's needs in relationship. And so now one of the dynamics that has shifted is her husband will give her some time to just recharge and be on her own when she gets home from work. And now they have, you know, designated time where they will cuddle on the couch and watch a show together or they make specific time to connect. But they're also not taking their individual needs personally. She's not feeling smothered because she just recognizes this is how he's hardwired. He's hardwired for connection. This is something he needs to feel fulfilled, but he's also not feeling rejected now knowing that this wasn't about him, this is just about a need that she has. So that's like one example of how something in the hands helps to illuminate a situation. I had another client come to me and was like, and it 
two-hour reading, you basically just summed up my six months of therapy. And now this is not intended to diagnose. This is not, you know, I think therapists are amazing and they add so much value to the world, but this is another way to get at some of the patterns and the themes that come in your life, but really, really quickly so that you can just jump in and start diving into the information. I went right there too when you were talking about the first couple. What was going through my mind was, Wow. So they were able to save this marriage like right away. They saved on, you know, if they did decide to go to therapy, like months of therapy and maybe not even really discovering what exactly it was. But this shifted that whole marriage and them and they moved forward and they're still together. Yeah, they're great. They just had a baby like well, I guess she's almost two now, so not just, oh, but wow. yeah, so they're doing great. I think they've been married five or six years and that's just one, that was actually one line in the hand. That was the heart line that we were, we were talking wow. through. And so that doesn't even take into account the lessons and the purpose, but also, you know, especially in relationship, I think one of the things that's so important is we tend to lose ourselves. You know, there's so much codependency in the world where people try to be someone else to meet someone else's needs and sometimes there's a tendency to lose ourselves or on the other extreme right sometimes people are almost too independent that they lose that connection right. and so one of the things that I think is powerful about this is it helps us to tap into who we are at our core and what we need to feel complete to be able to live our most fulfilling lives but then also how do we bring our whole person into relationship and so we can have this interdependence as opposed to codependence or crazy, you know, independence where we lose that connection. And so that certainly applies to any relationship, though, in your life, right? Not just romantic relationships. Certainly it is helpful with romantic relationships. But, you know, I had one client who was constantly having friction with her mother and she couldn't figure out why this continue, you know, this one issue continued to trigger her. And it was specifically around boundaries. But what we found in her hands was that her lesson was boundary issues. Oh, wow. And so when we were able to, to identify that this is something in her life that she has to work on and she actually has to set boundaries with her mother, now she and her mother have a different relationship because she's setting boundaries and she's not feeling violated. And so they can have this very a more harmonious, I would say, relationship with each other because she's setting the boundaries for herself. Whereas before she was projecting all of her feelings on her mother in terms of what a bad person she is and can you believe she did this to me? But really, you know, all we can do is look at ourselves and look at what we can change within ourselves and not project all of our crap all over everybody else, right? And when we heal ourselves, we change how everyone in the world interacts with us. Oh my, it's spot on. It's so true. And so with the hand analysis, what other things do you pick up? Because I know right now people are going, okay, so that's love, you know, relationships. What 
else? I guess that will, what else can you pick up on when you're looking at the hand? Yeah. So maybe let's dig into a little bit of like the different life schools. So okay. there's four different life schools that anybody would fall into. By the number of people in the population, the school of love tends to be the most populated. Now, when we talk about the school of love and when we talk about any of the life schools, we're really talking about, you know, two extremes. So think about a pendulum swinging from one extreme to another. And when you're thinking about the school of love, on the one extreme, this is going to be a person who tends to really stuff or avoid their emotions. So how do people stuff or avoid emotions? I mean, we're in a, an avoidant society kind of in general, mm -hmm. um, if you look at our current climate, right? But stuffing emotions can look like overworking, right? We work, work, work so hard so that we don't have to think about or deal with anything that's going on. People who you find might gossip or blame others a lot tend to fall into the school of love because when we gossip or blame others, that's a way of avoiding how we feel about a situation. The other thing is is numbing out, right? That's another way people will avoid emotions. So addictions, eating disorders, you know, drugs, alcohol, even not even to, you know, the addiction level, but just using some of those things as coping mechanisms. So that's a couple of examples of how we would avoid emotion. On the other side of the pendulum, when it swings to the other extreme, we have inappropriate emotional overreactions. So essentially, people will stuff 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 their emotions and then all of a sudden someone could say hello to you the wrong way and they go blah right they just so they're pressure cookers right, right right they just explode now it's not that someone said hello to you the wrong way that's making them explode it's that we've stuffed all of these emotions and then there was just something that was the tipping point that just triggered that emotional reaction so the idea or if you think about the Goldilocks principle right too much too little and just right the just right point for people in the school of love is to really find that middle ground which is communicating the emotion you're having in the moment at the appropriate intensity without fear of how other people are going to respond. Because typically people in the school of love are really concerned about what others think of them. And so the reason they stuff emotions or avoid them is because they're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of how others might feel or think if they were to speak their truth. And so people who are in the school of love are really here on earth to experience all of the different emotions. You know, not all the time, but a lot of the time we see people in the school of love who don't have a lot of self-love or that's something that they really have to learn and work on because they might be putting everybody else first, but when they think about putting themselves first, they don't necessarily do that. But school of love people are also connectors. You know, they're also, if you know any of those people in life who are like networking queens or able to bounce from this person to this person to this person, oftentimes they might be in the school of love because that's something that really is hallmark. So the life school you can almost think of as the backdrop to your life's movie. There's not a single experience that you're going to have that isn't going to be filtered through this particular lens. And so people who are, are in the school of love is always going to have this kind of in the background. Now, if we did a different school, like the school of wisdom, for example, people who are in the school of wisdom swing between, on one end of the pendulum, self-doubt and dogma. 
And on the other side of the pendulum, we call it sitting on the fence. So they never take the leap. They just sit and wait. And these are people in the School of Wisdom who just want to, they're observers, they're information collectors. Sometimes they can be people who are afraid to fully commit because they're so afraid of making a mistake. They can often be perfectionists. And so what they'll do is you imagine someone walks out on a diving board and they're just standing at the edge of that diving board and they're just scanning all the people at the pool and they want to make sure that they've picked up on every detail who might be watching and they want to make sure they know everything they need to know before they dive off that board right and so that's why we call it sitting on the fence that person who might just be sitting well maybe if I just read 50 more books on the topic then I'll be ready to take the plunge right right and why are they doing that because of the self-doubt right Mm -hmm. they're whether it's you know it's this innate sense of self-doubt so The idea is to be able to move forward with confidence and conviction. And it's not to say that we're trying to turn people into major adrenaline junkies or risk takers, but you know, do you really need to read 50 more books on the topic or are the three that you read enough to get you to just take that next step? So we want people to just do it, just go for it, right? right? So that would be another example of a school where that's always just going to be in the background. And so when we start to weave in some of the different elements of the hand, like your purpose, where might you be sitting on the fence as it relates to your life purpose? Or where might you be dragging your feet in terms of working and growing in that department of your life lesson, right? Or how are some of the elements in the palm of your hand really helping to support the fact that you're a little bit more reluctant or might be doubting yourself and where might it pose some additional challenges for you because with the palm of the hand you know where your fingerprints will never change over the course of your lifetime the lines in the palm of your hand will change sometimes they change very subtly but typically as your soul evolves the lines in the palm will also evolve because the lines in the palm really reflect behavioral attributes more of your personality those types of things and so when we look at the different elements in the palm and how those things might change that's what makes all of us so unique the confluence of the lines the fingerprints and all of those different wow so there's a lot that goes into it but it gives you a lot of information in a really short period of time and it's interesting in the sense too that you know some people there's a lesson and a purpose associated with every single finger so 10 lessons 10 purposes but some people might have one lesson and one purpose and so those individuals tend to feel like a laser focus on like that lesson feels really heavy because it's front and center and it's just one thing I personally have to have a bunch of lessons and a bunch of purposes. So I kind of feel like I'm bouncing off the walls a little bit, right? Because I have so many things that I'm working on. And so neither is good or bad, right or wrong, but we all have our own journeys that we're working through. And so being able to have this information about what's going on just allows us to be kinder to ourselves and understand and maybe have a little bit more acceptance around this is all part of the unfolding of the journey and to judge ourselves less harshly. Right, right. Yeah, and the better understanding part. So, Lindsay, how long, I mean, this is like pretty involved. How long does it take for you to do a reading and do you record it? Because I know people are going to want to know this. 
And do you do it in person? Do you do it? How do you do it? Yeah, so my clients are worldwide. So I will mail out in kits, typically still in snail mail, but then everything else for the most part is done over the phone or on a Zoom call. Sometimes people want to actually see their hands and where I'm seeing all of this stuff in their hands, in which case we do a screen share right through a Zoom call. But typically we're just delivering all of the information over the phone and reading I read till I'm done. So I don't typically just book like a 50 minute or 60 minute reading. I feel like it's really important and I take great responsibility in delivering the information that I'm getting. And so, and I want people to really understand what we're talking about and I want to help them connect the dots. And so depending on how much is in your hands, and that does vary from person to person, a reading can take anywhere between 45 minutes to two hours. Most people typically fall somewhere between the 45 minute and I would say 90 minute mark, but it varies too, according to how many questions people have and that kind of thing. And it takes me, you know, when I receive people's prints back initially in the mail, I spend about three hours going through the hands and really looking at all of the intricacies and details and looking at how all of the the lines intersect and get a good sense of how this person is likely showing up in the world before we even get on the phone. Wow. It's amazing. And how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so right now you can find me at my website, which is www.handscripts.com, kind of like a prescription for the hands, H-A-N-D-S-C-R-I-P-T-S.com. You can friend me on Instagram, L Morlock is currently my handle, but those are the two easiest ways. I'm also Lindsay at handscripts.com. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for being here. I can't wait to get mine done because I've already ordered it and I am (laughs) waiting for the kit to come in and I am so excited. I can't wait. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. (laughs) Yes, we are. Lindsay, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for listening to Hello from the Other Side. You can connect with Maria and book a reading at mariaverdeshi.com. While you're there, be sure to join her email list and be the first to receive special offers.